Hello, everyone, and welcome to Basket Bubble, the podcast about the NBA and life inside the Walt Disney World bubble. My name is Matthew Moore, and I am one of your hosts here, and I am joined, as always, by my beloved friend, Bodie. Bodie, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Matthew. I'm excited to share why the show Normal People is just the story of Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, but with a lot more fornication. I am excited to hear that as well. We're going to get started with the news. So first thing first, tweet from the Athletic and Stadium's Shams Sharania, who is one of the go-to follows, if you need someone to follow on Twitter, I would recommend starting with Shams. He tweeted on July 20th, sources say zero NBA players tested positive for coronavirus out of 346 tested at Orlando campus since last results were announced July 13th. What that tells us is the bubble is working. They have seen zero positives, and as far as I know, uh, this we are recording today on Thursday, July 23rd, so we're three days since this, and I have not heard of any positives since then. Bodie, the bubble, it's working. Thank goodness, because it's not working in other sports. <laughs> yes. Uh, as we're recording right now, the Washington Nationals and the New York Yankees are playing the first game of the MLB season. And earlier today, we heard a Washington National player test a positive and is not able to play. And so uh, it's really making the NBA look smart by going all in with this bubble idea. So there have been a lot of players we know that haven't gone to the bubble yet because of COVID tests or different things happening, but none of those have really affected these seeding games that we have. But one major one has happened. Zion Williamson has left the bubble for a family issue of some kind that we do not know. He has continued to test negative while he's been away, but nobody knows how long he will be away. He'll have to come back and supposedly quarantine for some time, but the NBA announced some rules today that depending on what you are doing, maybe you don't have to quarantine, which might be dubbed the Zion rule. The Pelicans are one of the teams in the race for the eighth seed in the West, which is the main thing to watch in these seeding games. So this is a really big deal. Yeah, I am interested to see how long it will take before Zion is back. I know that the Pelicans game on July 30th is one of the premier games that we were looking forward to. And I'm feeling a little bit of deja vu of uh, the Pelicans being the highlight game of the night and probably no Zion on that first night will be interesting to see or not see. Today, I saw a tweet from NBA Bubble Life, another Twitter account that you definitely need to be following. And they shared a blog post from the Boston Celtics' Gordon Hayward, who gives an inside look of the bubble in this new blog post. All of these links that we're talking about, you'll be able to find simply by going to basketbubble.com. Yes, I did buy that domain name last week and no regrets. This was the best purchase that I have made probably since quarantine. Uh, but if you go to basketbubble.com, you will be able to find a link to this Gordon Hayward blog. Some things that really stuck out to me. Uh, halfway through, he starts talking about the protocol, about things that are happening inside the bubble with the players. 
One thing that stuck out to me was he says, quote, everyone has a magic band and the magic band is your room key, but you also have to scan it before you leave and go to practice. And when you come back, if you leave and go to golf or do some other leisure activity, they have it set up and come back and you have to get that scanned. So this kind of shows us what is really happening as far as procedures go, the kind of stringent rules that they have for these players, to not only to keep them safe, but to see if something were to happen, if, God forbid, a player or a Disney staff member were to get COVID, it would be very easy to trace back and, and do extra testing and extra quarantine for the players who are doing this sort of stuff. The thing I took from it was it reminded me that Gordon Hayward loves video games and that he was in those awful League of Legends <laughs> yes. video games with Post Malone back in the day that just kind of really creeped me out. I meant to mention that part too. He says, I've definitely been doing some gaming. Gordon Hayward is certainly known for his gaming. I'm, I'd be interested to see if there's any sort of Twitch connection there, if uh, they try to team up with some of these players who are stuck in their hotel rooms doing nothing but playing basketball and obviously playing video games. I believe Myers Leonard has been using Twitch, so... I'm sure other players are doing the same. So it was announced this week that the bubble games, well, the NBA has described them as the seeding games, will not count towards the awards voting for the end of the year. So everything for voting, MVP, Rookie of the Year, First Team, all these things that are important for us as fans, but also important for player bonuses and things like that when you dig into them, those are all froze, and they will be announced during the playoffs. That means any momentum LeBron was hoping to get coming up for the MVP is gone. I've heard people talk about how it may be a disincentive to Giannis with the number one seed basically locked up for the Bucks in the East. It may be some disincentive for Giannis to have to fight off people like LeBron for that MVP status if he feels like he has done enough to get the award based on the games prior to bubble life and he was the favorite going in lebron was coming coming up but if you look at it it really was Giannis's award to lose there's also been a lot of discussion about can Giannis not only be awarded mvp but also defensive player of the year there's been talk about anthony davis may earn that slot there's a few other players whose names are kind of in the running there well rudy gobert would have been defensive player of the year but he couldn't defend his own body One last piece of news before we move on to our interview. Bodie and I were texting on Saturday, and a tweet came out from Ramona Shelburne, who is from ESPN, saying, Reporting with Bobby Marks, the NBA is investigating what Los Angeles Clippers guard Lou Williams did while on an excused absence from the Orlando campus, so it can assess the length of his re-quarantine process. So what had happened was Lou Williams was given an excused absence to leave the bubble to attend a funeral. Well, what also happened is that Lou Williams was photographed at an Atlanta gentleman's club on Thursday night with a rapper who posted a photo of the two of them on his Instagram story. The photo was quickly deleted, and the rapper tweeted on Friday and said, That was an old pic of me and Lou. I was just reminiscing because I miss him. Well, it turns out 
that this actually did happen. <laughs> so Shams tweeted this afternoon on Sunday afternoon saying Clippers Lou Williams will have a 10-day quarantine on Orlando campus after, this is the best part, picking up food at Magic City on an excused absence. So, so Lou Williams was picking up food at Magic City, uh, a place I'm sure is well regarded for its culinary experience. And because of this, is going to be quarantined an additional amount of days because he interacted with far more people than was expected. So this means that Lou Williams will be missing the first two seeding games, which includes the very first game against the Los Angeles Lakers. I am so excited to introduce our guest today. Our guest is Danae Bowers. Danae works for a church in St. Louis, was a bridesmaid in my wedding, and currently looks like she has a basketball underneath her shirt. The Doris Burke of Basketball, Danae Bowers. Danae, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I am so excited to be the Doris Burke of the podcast. And I only recently realized that we share initials, so this feels really perfect for me. Yes. And I would like to carve out a caveat that the line looks like a basketball underneath her shirt came from Danae herself. This was not me talking pejoratively about Danae. Danae is pregnant and is due any time now, right? August? Yes, August. Uh, I am especially pleased that basket bubble basketball is happening because I am about to have a lot of weird hours up with a baby and I was just really worried I wasn't going to have anything to watch while I was up all night with a baby and now I know I'll be watching basketball for sure. We're excited to have basketball for you as well. One of the reasons that we brought Danae on other than our beloved friendship is Danae loves basketball fashion. And so we want to spend part of this episode talking about the fashion of the NBA. So Danae, what is so interesting about basketball players' fashion to you? A lot of things. If you dig very deep into NBA player fashion, you learn that it's all about the fit, the outfit that you're wearing to the game, the outfit that you wear to your press conference after the game. This is something that is probably taken more seriously in the NBA than any other professional sports league. And uh, it's amazing. Like, these guys know what they're doing when they put together an outfit. And it's not something, living in St. Louis, living in the Midwest, it's not something that we get exposed to super quickly is like high fashion. But uh, when you watch the NBA, you're getting high fashion, whether you know it or not. Anywhere from the guys in before and after the game, or just watch the injured guys on the bench, because they know how to dress for sure. Yeah. So what do you think it is about the NBA that makes fashion so much more prominent than, say, the NFL or Major League Baseball? You know, that's a great question. I would have to imagine there's some cultural influences there. The whole NBA has more of a star focus than some of these other leagues. So they're visible when they're on the court. 
they're a personality. And so that, that connection between who we see playing and who we see before and after games is a lot closer than say a football where you're wearing a helmet all game. These guys, we know their faces, we know their style, and uh, they just love to show show their personality in this way. Right. And it's interesting, too, because I think two of the main takeaways here is, one, there's a lot less NBA players in the league than there are in comparable leagues where, you know, a baseball team has usually between 30 and 40 players on every team. And if they're not in the game, they're still in uniform. And even if they're hurt, they're, they're either not there or, you know, they're not quite as present where in the NBA, if you're hurt, you are still like close to the bench, if not on the bench. And you are an extremely present person in the game, even if you were not there. Right. Right. It's visibility. Like these players are much more visible than other sports. And, uh, Thankfully, that leads them to be more expressive, and they're in a league where that's allowed, if not encouraged. Some of our other leagues, not to name names, uh, the No Fun League, they're not, <laughs> they don't <laughs> embrace that sort of expression of personality in the same way that the NBA has come to. Right. Well, Cam Newton is is like a you know like an awkward person in that world because he is known for showing up to press conferences after the game in very bold outfits and in the NBA he'd just be another guy on the team exactly yeah let's talk a little bit about the uh NBA a few weeks ago came out and said that they were going to remove the tunnel walk for the players and this article that I'm looking at is from July 13th on July 13th they decided to reverse this statement can you give us a little bit of conversation about what exactly is the tunnel walk, why they got rid of it, and why they decided to reinstate it? Yeah, definitely. So if you tune into a normal NBA broadcast, usually um, if you tune in a little bit early, if you're catching pregame or if you're watching the early game and there's a late one to come, they'll say, you know, up next, you know, we've got the Rockets and the Jazz. And they'll usually show you some of the big name players just walking into the arena. And it's become a thing where you want to see what they're wearing that night. So that is just a part of NBA culture. Now, a few weeks ago, they decided they were going to cut that as a health and safety precaution. So basically, they didn't want players to have the traditional locker room experience in the bubble because of, you know, obviously health concerns with being in that close space. And so they decided, you know, players are just going to show up at the court in Disney in their uniform and their warmups, kind of like we had to do in like middle school basketball. Yes. (laughs) You showed up in your uniform. Um, And the players did not like that at all um, for various reasons. And you might think that's a silly thing to care about, but many of the players said that is just a part of my routine. And there's so much about my routine that's been disrupted going into this mini season and playoffs that Showing up in my uniform and warmups is just going to feel too weird. In this article, again, that's linked at basketbubble.com, Houston Rockets forward PJ Tucker, who, side note, came to the bubble with 91 pairs of sneakers, which in case you're counting, that's a lot. <laughs> Houston Rockets forward PJ Tucker said to ESPN, quote, this is crazy. I think that takes away from originally what was getting dressed was all about. It wasn't even about the tunnel walk. It was more about getting dressed up and going to work. 
To me, it's like a mindset. Getting dressed and getting ready to go to my game. It puts me in the mindset that I'm ready to go to work and helps me focus my mind. And I have to confess that before reading all of this, I did not know that PJ Tucker was like a fashion guy. And I have since learned that he is. Because if you know anything about his style of play, you may not expect him to be that fashionable of a man on off the court. But he apparently is, which I thought was interesting. So now they've, they've reinstated it. The tunnel walk is back, which is exciting. We're going to get to see outfits. We're going to get to see how players manage the longer they're in the bubble. Do they get more clothes sent to them? Do they run out of outfits? Do they start mixing and matching like us normal people have to do? <laughs> and finally, my big question is when you when you watch the tunnel walk, if you've ever seen these, you notice all the guys carry in like a little toiletry bag. And I've always thought it was so bizarre because I thought you're an NBA player. Surely you can have shampoo at home and shampoo in the locker room. But it's just become an accessory that's a part of it. So it's unclear to me whether or not players are going to be going back to their individual rooms to shower after the game. It seems like they would be, again, for the health reasons. So are they going to carry their bag with their shampoo and their face wash and their lotion into the arena, arena, air quotes, with them just to carry it back to their hotel room. I'm unclear on this, but I will be looking for it. And you should be too when you see guys walking in. Do they have their little toiletry bags or are they just leaving them at the hotel? Because I think that that's part of the routine as well. And there may even be, you know, in sponsorship type deals going on there because I know that there's Louis Vuitton toiletry bags that get toted back and forth to NBA games all the time. Do you think that because basketball is more of an international sport, that may play into the fashion element of this as well? Bodie, what do you think? I think that definitely helps. I think you see a lot of camaraderie between or a lot of love between the NBA and world soccer. And that is another sport where you see, well, we talk about high fashion in the NBA, you see high, high fashion in international soccer. I think there is a connection there. I think the NBA with its connections to rap culture and things like that, just hits a higher level of notoriety and publicity. Danae, one of the things that has really stuck out to me in watching the players talk about fashion and culture inside the Disney bubble has been this new love of the bubble barbershop. Have you seen anything about this? Oh, yes. Yes, this is a... Super fun development. I don't know whose idea it was, but I love it. They have created these little barbershops around the Disney bubble, the campus, where players can go and get a haircut during the time that they're there. It's so smart because I don't know if anybody else saw this. We were pretty deep into like the initial shelter in place stage and LeBron posted that picture. I don't remember if it was just in his Instagram story or on his feed. And he was showing off his like quarantine beard and hair situation. Yeah. And it was rough. Like, <laughs> and he said so too. I'm not just saying that. He also said, this is rough. And I thought to myself like, oh, but we can go, you know, we, we all can go a little ways before we look that rough. And then I thought, no, that's LeBron. Theoretically, he's going to be in the bubble for the maximum amount of time. Right. 
he's going to need to get a cleanup on that beard. Like (laughs) we cannot abide the length, the shaggy and the gray all together. Like, oof, that would not be a good look when you're raising that trophy at the end. So they've created these barbershops. I think the players are having a lot of fun with it. I think it's just a nice thing that they were able to do to just like help the players have some sense of normalcy, you know, whatever your routine is in terms of your, your haircut, your beard, your personal hygiene, like you can continue that here in the bubble, even though it's a little different and I'm sure a little weird to have masked stranger barbers doing your hair. LeBron also needs a place to film season three of The Shop. This is probably his idea. (laughs) Yeah, that's where it came from for sure. The last thing, Danae, I want to talk to you about is recently the National Basketball Players Association, which is the union for the players, they decided to partner with Russell Westbrook's clothing brand to create We Honor Player shirts. What do you think about this partnership and how do you think that this fits in both with the high fashion and the culture side of the NBA as well as the social justice side of the league? Yeah, I just saw this um, actually just earlier today. You may have seen photos of Russ just from the last couple of days since he was able to return to the bubble and return to practice after actually testing positive for the virus. And I noticed even in those photos, he was wearing like this really unique black T-shirt. It's pretty casual, but it was still like interesting enough to catch my attention. And turns out it's one of these We Honor shirts. And so they've created a whole line of these that feature the names of victims of police brutality. There's a whole list of, you know, who they're featuring. You can find that article uh, on the website, I'm sure. And then some different broader social justice messages. So you probably heard that players have the option of replacing the name on the back of their jersey with a league-approved social justice related message. And some of the players thought the ones that were offered didn't go far enough or weren't really what they would have hoped for. And so these t-shirts that they've created have some different phrases that players can wear. It's unclear to me exactly how these shirts are going to be worn. I would look for them potentially as one of the warm-up layers that players might be wearing since it was partnership with the Players Association. But they're really cool shirts And the only downside is that so far, I don't see any way that fans can get them, but it feels like a huge opportunity to let fans get these shirts as well. Yeah, I imagine that's coming. And and once that does, uh, obviously, you'll hear from us that uh, where to get that. Okay, so we're going to totally shift gears here because you may or may not know this, but Danae is a Golden State Warriors fan which can be a little problematic if you're watching the NBA bubble because you're not going to find the Golden State Warriors playing basketball anytime soon. So, Danae, if your team has been eliminated from the bubble, who should you cheer for? First, I will say there is a little bit of a silver lining to your team not being in the bubble. If somehow this all goes real sideways, your guys are safe. They're somewhere else. So Steph and Clay and Draymond, they're hopefully being very safe outside of the bubble. Hopefully they are, you know, just with family, just kicking back. And when we get to a normal season again one day, I know they'll be ready. But who should I cheer for? This is a tough question. I struggle with this myself because there's this thing where you don't want to be cliche and just pick 
you know, the top seeds. But also, if I'm going to pick somebody to cheer for who's not my team, I want them to stick around. So I don't want to just be funny and be like, the magic, because let's be real, like they're not going to stick around. (laughs) So I think I have an answer and I think I have a reason that I can justify. One of the things that really attracted me and my husband to the Warriors when we initially became fans of them was a star player, Steph Curry. We are big fans of Steph. That's kind of was our entryway back into serious NBA fandom. And so for me, it's all about like the star player. Who's your guy? Do I like you? Do I think you're just fun to follow? And this is cliche, but I'm picking the bucks because I really like Giannis. I don't know how you could not like Giannis. He hasn't really done anything to like be an offensive personality. But just go back to earlier earlier this year when he and his girlfriend had their first child and look at some of those precious baby pictures and you will be on Team Giannis as well. So that's one reason I picked the Bucks. The other reason I picked the Bucks is last year we had my husband and I had the opportunity to just pass through Milwaukee. It was in the off season, but we went to the Bucks Stadium. We just like ran around and took pictures with the big like Bucks statues outside and went to the team store. And that was really fun for us because we don't live in a in an NBA city. So we will be claiming the Bucks because we've been to their stadium, even though there was no game. Bodie, you got anything to add there? Yeah, you talked about not wanting to choose one of the top teams. And there are a lot of options this year for people who don't want to do that. Uh, the Boston Celtics, Matthew's team, who do have a star in Jason Tatum. The Raptors, who don't have a star, but are just a lot of fun. Or you can do the Houston Rockets and be uber frustrated all the time at the way they play <laughs> but they could win the only thing i would say to not do is don't pick a team to root against i call that the zero dark 30 option you spend your whole time just want just wanting to get rid of somebody that in the end when that team finally loses you just sit there staring out like jessica chastain wondering what was it all for you have nothing to show for it shout out to my girl jessica chastain Always. I now I feel like the audience is getting just a glimpse into what would happen in normal life is the three of us would have some pizza and we'd be in the same place. And I would go through all of those teams you just listed, Bodie, and I would tell you what I like and dislike about all of them. But for the sake of time, I will not run through every team in the bubble and tell you why or why not. I am giving them my allegiance. Uh, the Bucks, despite being the first in the Eastern Conference are actually an extremely likable team. And had I not become a Boston Celtics fan first, I also probably would have picked the Bucks. So great choice to name. I can't pick the Celtics because you love the Celtics. Like I have to be able to like make fun of you if they lose, you know? I thought of that. <laughs> I was wondering if you could really choose Boston because he already was on the Boston corner. That's right. I can't do it. And now it's time for a new segment called Thanks COVID. It's a segment each week where we talk about something that we didn't know we missed from the NBA after four months. This week, we're just going to go with the big obvious one. Basketball was played again. Recording this on Thursday night, I have had games on my iPad this time while watching 
There were games on yesterday. Just seeing men run around playing with balls. Who knew it would be this much fun to see that again? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Did you see any of the Portland Blazers game? There was a stretch that I saw a highlight of on Twitter where they went back and forth down the court about six different times and nobody could score to save their lives. And it reminded you that it has been a few months since these men have played basketball. It has, but you'll see those in regular NBA games and you'll see passes just flying all over the place and guys completely out of control and It's just like, oh, yeah, they can suck, too. (laughs) One of my favorite tweets was apparently Jamal Murray from the Denver Nuggets was watching C.J. McCollum of the Portland Trailblazers playing. And C.J. McCollum went up for a dunk, got rejected by the rim fell to the ground, and it was just very ugly. And Jamal Murray is posting this on his Instagram story and just laughing at CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum takes that video, retweets it, and just responds with the laughing, crying emoji. And it could not have been a better round of conversation that I have ever seen. McCollum's definitely one of the better Twitter follows among NBA players. Now we are at last possession. There's an article that came out by The Ringer, which of course is a great follow when it comes to the NBA, talking about finding the right headspace for three months in the basketball bubble. This article was really interesting to me because it gave a lot of different perspectives within the bubble. It opens with a conversation with veteran Carmelo Anthony, who is playing for the Portland Trailblazers these days. And one of the quotes that stuck out to me was, he said, the way I perceive this and the way the younger player in this league will perceive it will be totally different. This is going to be a stressful situation for everybody. Everybody's going to be mentally tested Everybody will be tested emotionally. And then one of the other people that they talked to was a rookie guard from the Sacramento Kings, one of the teams literally on the bubble of making the playoffs. They interview Kyle Guy. And he talks about his new routine in the bubble is to do yoga every morning. And it seems interesting to me that people are taking different perspectives. They're taking different opportunities to make themselves a routine, make themselves comfortable in a completely foreign and new space. And I feel like that's kind of been the idea of this whole episode, right? How do we find normalcy? How do we find routine in a space that offers no capacity for normalcy or routine? And so it's been very interesting to see over the course of these last few weeks who is finding ways to create new normals, who is finding ways to supplement old normals in new ways, and who is just totally keeping everybody in the dark. And I'm excited to see over the next few weeks more of this coming to light, seeing how different people are approaching these new ideas and really gives us a glimpse of what it's like to be inside of a biodome, essentially. I think your observation there, Matthew, is really true that there's a lot of ways to approach this weird situation and it'll be interesting to see in the coming weeks what approach plays out best on the court. If you're a, I'm all here for basketball and nothing else versus somebody who's trying to be more of a well-rounded, holistic human, which one is going to work better for you? And uh, I've been thinking about this whole bubble situation as like summer camp for these guys. It's never going to feel like home. 
but how can you keep yourself from being too homesick? How can you make summer camp the best summer ever and not a traumatic experience from your youth? It'll be interesting to see who succeeds at that. All right. Any last thoughts? Anything I missed? Anything you guys want to nail down before we before I read the credits here? Yeah, I don't know where you want to put this. I just I'm going to say it and then you can put it wherever you want. OK, you ready? Let Doris call a finals game. <laughs> Basketball is hosted by Matthew Moore. That's me and Bodie. That's him. Thanks to our guest, Danae Bowers, for joining us. We'll look forward to more conversations with her in the future. Thank you, Danae. Thanks for having me. Next time we talk, I will bring the pizza for myself. <laughs> I hope so. Our theme song is by Bad Snacks. Join us next week and we will have some real life basketball to talk about. Stay safe out there, Bubble Tonians. We will see you next week. <laughs>